Namaste. So today's prayer is a reflection and a revelation. It compels us to reflect on the kind of life that we are caught up in, the whirlpool of forces, and it ends up beautifully with a prayer to come out of that. It is a prayer dated February 16th, 1914. O Supreme Soul Reality, True Consciousness, Permanent Unity, Sovereign Repose of Perfect Light, with what intensity I aspire to be no more conscious of anything else than Thee. To be no more anything else than Thou. Very first thing we see is how she is addressing the Divine. He is supreme. She is not taking a name. See, this is how the names of Divine came up. In all spiritual literature, each aspect of the name meant an attribute or an aspect. Now, it was taken in a certain language. Later on, we got attached to the language. And when we get attached to the language, then we think that that is the only name of the divine. But actually, if we see, it is not a name. It is an attribute, an aspect. It may be the aspect of love. It may be the aspect of benevolence. It may, or it may signify to us certain aspects that the person represented. Even with us, we use the name Krishna, for example. Krishna means to draw everything towards oneself. So he is the charming, beautiful person. Now, similarly, when we look at the word Ram, it is, by the way, one of the Bij mantra. So. Everywhere, or we see the thousand names of Vishnu. So all these names were meant to uh, reveal some aspect of the divine. But when we get attached to the outer name and forget the truth which is being conveyed, that is how we are on the verge of forming a dogma. So fortunately, uh, and obviously very, very uh, consciously, because the mother never wanted anything to become a religion, she has used such names which are so wonderful. O Supreme. Now, Supreme is Supreme, the ultimate. Soul reality. One without a second. She is using the word Ekamevadutyam, but instead of Sanskrit, she is saying soul reality. True consciousness. All these are aspects. It's not just a passive reality. It's not just Sat, pure existence, but it is also true consciousness, the power, the Chit Shakti. Permanent unity. So, the divine is that which unites all things together in his soul embrace. So, we can replace the word also unity with love. Permanent unity. Because in him alone lies the perfect key to unity. Sovereign repose of perfect light. So, light we know is an aspect of the divine. But she is using the word sovereign repose. So, it is where light ends in blissful repose. So perfect repose. And then she says, with what intensity I aspire to be no more conscious of anything else than thou, to be no more anything else than thou. This is the aspiration that the Divine Mother is wanting to communicate to us. All the prayers, when we go through them, we see this state of utter, intense, one-pointed aspiration. This is sincerity, if you want to really define it, that we have one single aspiration and that is the divine.
then she points out towards this world of multiplicity so on one side there is a state of unity in the embrace of the divine where we find everything in its essence within it and on the other side when we lose that state what is this world she is describing this incessant whirl of mental personality this incessant whirl of unreal personalities even we think about immortality she says everybody thinks of preserving his personality what is this personality it is nothing but a constitution a temporary constitution by nature we talk about somebody's intelligent somebody's good somebody's bad somebody's this or that uh, i am i mean leave aside the cruder things about being attached to name surname language uh, religion or region of birth that is too crude but even when we talk about our mental personality the way we think the way we feel what is it it's a temporary constitution we get attached to it and that is how the ego self is born it's a great illusion repeatedly she says that this is a illusion and people then want that personality to be prolonged forever so she says this incessant whirl of unreal personalities we think it is real but it's momentary unreal in the sense that we believe that it is going to last forever we want it to last forever but it comes and vanishes this multiplicity this complexity this excessive inextricable confusion of conflicting thoughts what is this personality formed of she gives an example that there are people who carry within them the most contradictory thoughts and they don't even realize it so she says that just as you know we arrange the drawer and room and try to keep it neatly we should also arrange these thoughts in our head in a nice way beautiful way um, tomorrow maybe we'll touch upon it in the hindi part when we read about central uh, supreme discovery she says that we must discover the central thought around which we synthesize our life and what is the central thought she says the central thought should be that the self within me and the great universal self are one so that self within me and the self in all creation uh, it is one they are not two they are not many but there is one self which inhabits all creatures so uh, with this central thought we can live otherwise there is there are conflicting thoughts struggling tendencies on one side we want one thing on the other side we want another thing and so all our life we realize that we neither get this nor we get that as in hindi there is a saying duvidha mein dono gaye maya mili nara the simple solution is that find ram maya follows the mayapati so anyways we are always caught between these two things we want this and we want that but the way is not wanting all these things in a hodgepodge way the way is by concentrating upon the one then all else that we need will automatically come to us without wanting but in trying to um, be divided between the two is to remain forever caught up and uh, in a state of conflict and confusion she also says that because of these contradictory wills within us we never really achieve anything because uh, there are different parts pulling in different directions so how to harmonize and organize these contradictory wills is a whole exercise in its own right and she says that first thing should be discover the psychic being then only we can organize and harmonize these different parts because each will be put in its own place otherwise when the ego tries to do it what it does is it gives a little to the devil and a little to caesar 
a little to the uh, this and little to that thinking that they all will be happy but what happens by the time it reaches the fourth person the first one is hungry and unhappy this what happens in people's lives so very often people say i want to you know i am trying to make everybody happy but nobody seems to be happy quite naturally nobody can make anybody happy if somebody is unhappy they will find reasons or excuse to be unhappy and we are not supposed to make everybody happy our whole task should be to make the divine presence in us happy so first thing is to find the psychic being and then to organize our life around that struggling tendencies battling desires so different desires pulling in different directions appears to me more and more woeful this is the real misery real misery and real tragedies are not what we think of somebody is poor somebody does not have enough money to live well money should be there there should be a reasonable amount of time and one should be taken care of as kabir das puts it very beautifully he says how much do i need he says sai itna dijiye jame kutum samaye main bhi bhooka na rahun sadhu na bhooka jaye i want just this much that my family is taken care of and Uh, neither they go hungry nor if some good uh, holy man a good human being needs help i should be able to extend a little bit of that help to him also so she says that this is a woeful life where we are pulled by contradictory things we must emerge out of this scene fury it's not good to remain in that state this kind of a whirlpool in which we are sucked incessantly we must emerge out with an intensity of aspiration that is the fury land on the serenity of thy peaceful shore so when where would would we find this peace only when we are at the feet of the lord so we have this story in the ramayana uh, we have vibhishna all the three brothers represent uh, tendencies they have fallen from grace they were dwarpal two of them kumgarna and ravana they were dwarpal of the lord so they fall because of some event that happens they are full of fear and suspicion or rather suspicion and arrogance that we are some special beings so they have a curse and they fall uh, the lord says i will come and take both of you back now it's very interesting that uh, ravana represents an intense rajasic tendency so he falls from that state into a rajogun type of nature so even his bhakti is full of rajogun i am a bhakta i am somebody special i am a greater bhakta i am closer to the lord and that leads to a progressive downfall combined with his arrogance and ambition and he meets his nemesis kumkarna falls into tamas so he is constantly sleep and food these are his preoccupations but he is not like ravana arrogant ambitious so he knows that well this war is meaningless as such a tamasic person never wants to fight he wants to only sleep and rest so he doesn't want to fight and he tells ravana what you are doing is not a good thing you return back <laughs> janki and be done with it but he because he is tamasic he cannot resist he could have easily resisted his brother but he doesn't resist and he gets up and goes for war if he knew what was the right thing to do he should not have done it and nobody could have forced him but he follows simply because he cannot resist so tamasic people lived by certain stock conventions and ideas they don't take the effort to really exercise their own independent will and thought 
and vibhishana is a sattvic person now he is in a state of conflict he falls but falls he doesn't fall he is a uh, in born in the rakshas school these two are fallen beings so vibhishana is a evolutionary being who has developed though in rakshasa kul his time has come to go further but he is having within himself this state of conflict no peace because on one side he worships rama on other side he is living with his brothers and living in a family of rakshasas asuras who want to wage a war against rama so a situation comes when he is kicked out of that whirlpool that sea and suddenly he finds himself at the feet of the lord and then he gets peace so this um is a beautiful story illustrating that if we really want to find peace we cannot find when we remain in that state uh, at one place shurbindo says you know when somebody asked why did bad things happen to me is it because i am bad and shurbindo says that uh, blows come to everybody they do not come to you because there is something bad in you they come to all human beings because they are attached with things that are in their very nature transient and cannot last so the only thing is to give yourself to the divine wherein lies the safety the peace and the bliss and it's so simple but it's a kind of illusion in which we are trapped uh, there are people who make a dogma no i have to look after my physical parents all my life all right but just think about the parents who for lives even physical parents change but what about the one parent who has been with us the mother and the lord who have been with us in different forms and names for lives after lives and we forget them so naturally we are attached to things which cannot last and when they go away then we suffer and when then we lament i have seen interesting things in the indian context somebody in the puja room keeping their parents photograph and the person said you know for me parents are god i said okay but well parents are not god unless you say everybody is god and everything is god god is god parent is parent god can be your parent but parent cannot be god you can't put him on the same pedestal same stool with the one whom you regard as your master there is nothing else we should come there parents have their place love them respect them care for them by all means but don't turn them into god because then we and that's how people carry these conflicting things that there are only two people in my life one is guru and the second is this person it doesn't work like that one has to be one pointed in one self giving then one finds the peaceful peaceful shore give me the energy of an indefatigable swimmer to come out of this sea often this uh, um, world is described as bhavsagar so it's a sea an ocean of inconscient so give me the capacity of the indefatigable swimmer hanuman of course crosses is without swimming because he is in the service of the lord so when we are in the service of the lord we go through a different route but otherwise most of us as human beings are caught into the sea and we have to be have the spirit of a warrior that's why the mother says in the, in this yoga in fact any yoga we must have the spirit of the warrior and shurbindo says that without the kshatriya element within us it's very difficult to do yoga because we have to battle with many tendencies Uh, within us i would conquer thee i would conquer thee whatever may be the efforts necessary for that o lord ignorance must be overthrown illusion dispelled 
and this sorrowful world must come out of its frightful nightmare and its terrible dream to awake at last to the consciousness of thy soul reality so she is uh, revealing to us this great secret that we are caught as it were in a nightmare and we must have the spirit of a swimmer that doesn't get tired and who must always be wanting to go toward the sublime conquest that's how shirbindu speaks of arya what is arya who is an aryan who is all the time busy with this inner conquest this is the spirit and then she prays o lord ignorance must be overthrown this is the conquest that we are on to when it is said mother will conquer so someone was saying mother will conquer the disease mother has to conquer the seeds of disease within us which are much worse which is fear falsehood attachment to illusions appearances so this is the ground of disease he must conquer conquest of the mother is the victory over the nature of the sadhaka and this illusion dispelled and this sorrowful world must come out of its frightful nightmare and its terrible dream to awake at last to the consciousness of thy soul reality as long as that does not happen we are experiencing nightmare even the glitter and glamour of a um, you know outward life where everything is good and we are in our comfort zone and everything is at our doorsteps and we can do whatever we want to still from the eye of the deeper eye it is a nightmare that is how the buddha said this the whole field is a field of suffering oh immutable peace deliver men from ignorance may thy full and pure light reign everywhere she asks for this peace this light to come and deliver us from the state of ignorance and what is ignorance ignorance is not to know the one that is how she defines it describes it and that is how it is described in all spiritual literature ek jane sab jane sab janat ek na hoy if we know the one then we can play with the many if we don't know the one then our life is a life of ignorance i will read this again february 16th 1914 oh supreme soul reality true consciousness permanent unity sovereign repose of perfect light with what intensity i aspire to be no more conscious of anything else than thee to be no more anything else than thou this incessant whirl of unreal personalities this multiplicity this complexity this excessive inextricable confusion of conflicting thoughts struggling tendencies battling desires appears to me more and more woful 
you are caught in a web of desires and thoughts more and more more and more which are like a terrible mask worn before the divine beloved we must emerge out of this sea in fury land on the serenity of thy peaceful shore give me the energy of an indefatigable swimmer i would conquer thee whatever may be the efforts necessary for that instead of feeling disappointed by the effort needed we should say well we are ready whatever be the difficulties whatever be the challenges on the way we must reach there o lord ignorance must be overthrown illusion dispelled and this sorrowful world must come out of its frightful nightmare end its terrible dream to awake at last to the consciousness of thy soul reality o immutable peace deliver men from ignorance may thy full and pure light reign everywhere may this prayer be a prayer of the earth so relevant today as yesterday namaste